All right, everybody, uh, we have Henry Kaminsky Jr. right now, the brand doctor uh, on the channel. And my name is Eric, for anybody that doesn't know already, but we're going to have a short little interview today uh, to discuss a little bit about Henry, uh, what he does, what he specializes in, and maybe what he's looking to do in the future. And we kind of have some questions and topics of stuff that we want to go over. But um, I'll just go ahead and get started first because I usually like to get everybody's background is, Henry, if you just want to tell us a little bit about you um, and what you do and just kind of in your own words. Absolutely. So I am a graphic designer by trade. I started a little one-man band graphic design business about 11 years ago. Uh, starting out doing designs for club flyers, right? The flyers that they used to stick on your car. Oh, wow. Um, I used to design those. <laughs> mm -hmm, there we go. For, for a while. And uh, what happened was that turned into uh, working with some celebrities, one you might know of by the name of Bon Jovi. Uh, started working with his brother and then started working with him and his team on two of his world tours. So I did uh, a bunch of branding and marketing design and collateral for uh, John and that morphed into more of a corporate role and eventually, you know, 11 years later, we've uh, matured into a 13-person team, uh, a small boutique branding agency now which works on full brand development from conception to completion. Wow. <laughs> awesome. What a story. I actually had no idea about the uh, the Bon Jovi thing. That's pretty crazy. So with the club flyers, I wanted to ask is when you started doing design and everything, because usually people's passion behind that is they, they want to put – you know, a lot of their art in front of people that want to see it, but they do have to start somewhere to make sure until they kind of get a little bit bigger. What made you want to get into like club flyers and everything? Or what was your interest in that? All right. So let me take it back a sec. So I didn't, uh, I never went to school for graphic design. I taught myself, mm -hmm. uh, when I first got out of college, it was right around nine 11 and nobody was hiring. And so my uncle had some influence at a local hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the chairman of the board at the time. The children's hospital was named after him. So, you know, you got to leverage your connections. Yep. And so what I did was I reached out to Uncle Joe and I said, Uncle Joe, could you help me, you know, potentially get a job? And he had recommended the hospital. Now, I have no, I have no experience in the medical industry or, mm -hmm. you know, hospital yeah. setting. So um, long story short, I got the job. It was very, very uh, uh, low paying and it was in, it was intro level. Mm -hmm. um, I was literally cleaning coffee pots for half the day and checking people's <laughs> insurance to make sure that they had insurance. Um, and, and what happened was – I always had this desire to help people. I always had a desire to create something uh, out of my life because when I was young, uh, my mom, God rest her soul, always used to tell her girlfriends the story how it I was a miracle baby and then that it took 16 years uh, for my parents to actually conceive a child. And as a young kid hearing that story, I thought – <laughs> the birth process actually took 16 years and not nine months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, man. Um, yeah, so there were some complications and obviously uh, medicine wasn't what it is today. Mm -hmm. And so um, I give my parents a lot of credit for trying for 16 consecutive years to try to have a child. And so what happened was as medicine progressed, 
Um, they were introduced to a doctor and the doctor told them, we found the problem. It's going to take some minor surgery, but we're going to do it and we're going to see what happens. And so my mother accepted, got the surgery. And I don't know if anybody, I'm not super religious, but on the day of the immaculate conception for those Catholics out there, uh -huh. uh, yours truly was conceived. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Round of applause. <laughs> so. Um, so what happened was fast forward, uh, I was two years old mm -hmm. and my mom walks into my bedroom and I was in the crib, uh, blue in the face, unresponsive. And what happened was, uh, some sort of thing was happening inside of my body where I lost all the salt and, um, it was, it was life threatening. And so they rushed me to the hospital. Uh, luckily, um, they were able to do what they needed to do to get me stable again, and when I hear that story being told over and over and over again as a kid, it was very, very like inspiring. And so I knew that I was put on this earth for a reason and that I was going to make a difference and I was going to do something um, to just, you know, help people, right? Mm -hmm. So um, so fast forward, back at the hospital, I am uh, working my way up in the ranks uh, I was able to get my master's degree at the age of 22, uh, started to uh, apply for every every director position, management position I can possibly get. And I finally landed a job in the children's hospital in the Sudden Infant Death Syndrome Center, which was a very, uh, very serious department. And it was a very uh, it was a very emotional uh, department. And uh, I was put in charge of raising money, so fundraising events, creating them and, and executing them mm -hmm. uh, to raise money to help the families in the state of New Jersey that lost a baby uh, to sudden infant death syndrome. And my position was unique because I was able to take that money that I raised and actually spend it. And so one of the day, one of the events, one of the fundraising events uh, that I created was um, this, it was called rock out for a reason. And it was, uh, in a nightclub cause I was in, I was, I was a big clubber back in the day. I'm not going to lie. There you go. And, uh, one of my buddies was a club promoter. So he helped me get the venue established, but I reached out to Z100, one of the biggest radio stations in the country, mm -hmm. uh, out of New York and cold Turkey. I reached out to Danielle Monero on the morning show and I asked her if she would be interested in sponsoring the event any which way possible. And she actually replied. It was a cold email. So cold calling and cold email still works, guys. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so she reached back and said, I would love to be part of this. Um, tell me what what we can do and, and I'll be happy to help you. So worked with her for a couple of months and she came to the event. She brought us to the radio station and promoted it on the radio. It was, it was, a, it was a phenomenal uh, event. And so we needed marketing material for it. So I went to my buddy Jerry, who was a graphic designer at the time. Now, mind you, Eric, I had no idea what graphic design was. Um, and I sat down with him on a Sunday morning as his mom cooked spaghetti in the other room. Mm. And he, I watched him design these flyers and I was like, whoa, this is incredible. Like I need to learn this stuff because this is really, really this got some 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 legs to it. This this really sparks my creativity. Mm -hmm. So we did the event. It was an awesome event, super successful. So I get back to the office. We raised like twenty grand for the event. It was really good. 
Uh, I go back to the office and I'm scratching my head and I'm going, how do I get the department to buy me the Photoshop program so that I can start designing these invitations and flyers in house? And so um, long story short, I, I was able to do that. And I started creating all the in-house marketing materials for all my events. Uh, we used to do, we did motorcycle charity runs and we did uh, dinner events and uh, so it was amazing, right? And so really started to pick up the graphic design skill. Then fast forward a couple years after that, uh, the hospital gets goes into a uh, goes into a downsizing phase, right? And so I started to feel the pinch. So what they were doing was they were taking half of my day and making me go to like uh, secretarial uh, position, mm -hmm. and they were making me do all this admin work, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like got my master's degree. I got yeah. this little side hustle going on. Like there's no way in hell I'm going to be filing papers for half the day. I could mm -hmm. be out there making money. Yeah. And at the time I was, I was probably making triple my salary that I was getting paid at the hospital. So at the end of the year, they gave me an option. They said, you could stay here. We'll, uh, we'll basically, we'll keep your salary, but you're going to be doing administrative work eight hours a day instead of four, mm. or you can, you can leave. And it was the scariest, most nail biting uh, part of my life because I was 27 and um, I told them I was going to go out on my own. And so I, I, I did. And the first year uh, I was working 20 hour days. I didn't even have a desk. I actually had a little bar in my one bedroom apartment. And I had a laptop with not even a mouse. I was using I was using the the mouse on the laptop, you know, the pad, yeah. to literally design everything from brochures to post. It was crazy. Wow. And um, I just grinded and grinded and grinded. And then I met my accountant at the end of the year, and he said, "Henry, you you did you got some business here?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Did you know that you you." You grossed two hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars this year. I was like, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he said, yeah. So we're gonna have to. Unfortunately, I got walloped with taxes. Mm. So that was a lesson learned. Number one, you know, um, thank God I had the money to mm. pay for it all. But uh, I started to really learn the business side of things. And one of the things that makes me different from any other graphic designers that you've ever met is that. I've always had a business focus. I've always had a business side of me, the savviness. I never was quite the sole artist that most graphic designers are. Mm -hmm. You know, most graphic designers are pure artists and they love their work and they're 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 super amazing at it and I'm not disrespecting any of the graphic artists out there. But I came to the I came to the industry with a much more business focused approach because I knew that my designs were being bought for one reason, to help my clients make money, and so I took that approach and I ran with it, and um, that's sort of how the business got got spawned and uh, really turned into a, a million dollar business after year three. Uh, not to say that I went into some, 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 I made some poor, poor decisions financially. Um, I grew up not so, uh, I didn't grow up poor, 
but I did grow up not having a lot of nice things. And so when I was able to get a hold of money and the amounts of money that I was generating, it got to my head. Yeah. And uh, I always tell people, you know, it's not about the money and don't let money change you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really, it just kind of exposes to exposes you to who you really are to the, to, you know, to everyone else. And, uh, I made some really poor decisions. And after about year five, the business was nearly bankrupt. I was, I didn't file bankruptcy, but the business took a big, massive dump. Um, and I was, uh, I was scrambling and I couldn't figure out how to get out of this mess. And I was hiding it from my family and hiding it from my wife. And, you know, there's, there was this one day that I said, I need to tell these people because maybe this will help me get out of it. And so I went to my wife that day and then we were on the, we were on the bed and we were watching the real housewives of orange County. <laughs> and, and it was so ironic, Eric, I'm watching this show mm -hmm. and there's the wife and her husband and they're out to lunch. And the husband says to the wife, I'm bankrupt. And I just got goosebumps. I still get them this, to this day. And I said, this is a sign I need to tell my wife now that we have a problem. And so I told her that things weren't good, that there was no money in the account. And I only had some cash stashed away. And we were on, we were basically living off of fumes. And, and she jumped off the bed, all five foot of her. Uh, she ran to the office, grabbed the laptop jumps back into the bed, opens it up. And I was like, are we going to start looking for divorce attorneys? Or are we going to start, right? Uh, and she looks at me and she was like, let's get to work. And I'll never forget that day. We sat for like three, four hours and she helped me uh, study my competitors and look for some coaching and look for, look for anything that could possibly get me back on track. And so I met this individual by the name of Russell Brunson. I don't know if maybe some of your audience members may know him and, oh, yeah. uh, started listening to his podcast started. I, then I finally got enough chops to reach out to him. And I said, dude, I really need your help. So I was talking to a salesperson and they were like, well, you know, to, to hang out with him, it's like 25 grand. And I was like, oh, I don't even have any money in my account. Mm -hmm. uh, but what do you, what else, what are some of my options? And so at the time there was a $10,000 coaching program that he was running and I had a choice to make. I said, either I don't do anything and, and continue to like f flounder mm -hmm. or I put this on a credit card and say to myself, it's not when this works, or I, I should say, it's not if this works, it's when this works, I will be on top again. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the attitude. So I put it down on a credit card, jumped on a call at Russell, and I tell you, what you focus on is what comes to fruition. Yep. So the first day I get on a call with Russell, he hires me on the spot to help him with his first book launch. It's like six thousand dollars. He 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 hired me. Wow. On the yeah, and so I made like sixty percent of my investment back in his program. And cool. so I worked with him closely. Uh, learned a lot from him, from uh, servicing him, mm -hmm. and I learned a lot from his coaching program. And then about a year later, he said, "Dude, ClickFunnels is taking off. I really need somebody to help brand it." 
you're the guy. Would you be interested? And for the next two and a half years, him and I worked together and we, I, me and my team branded ClickFunnels. And, wow. um, yeah. And so that, and then made my money back within about six weeks. And then with about 18 months later, we generated over 500 grand in revenue. And wow. yeah. so just giving you the story, the backstory of how this whole thing came about. And then, you know, as I matured and, and, and became more of a, a brand strategist, because I realized that it was the strategy. It was my thinking that my clients really wanted. Like any Tom, Dick and Harry can design a website and Facebook ads and all of that now. But the strategic part of it all is mm -hmm. where I deliver the most value. And so what I did was I always had a vision of building a team. I always had this vision of like sort of the Gary Vaynerchuk office on the 80th floor, you know, in the city. And then I realized how much that cost. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I, I, I said, what's the next best thing? Well, let's develop the team virtually. And so developed uh, a 13 person staff um, on four different continents. And we meet every week. Mm -hmm. We have town hall meetings. So Unique Designs, is cre I've created this family. Yep. And uh, this business supports 13 families across the globe on four different continents. And so I'm proud to be, be of that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, it's really gotten me to the next level in my career. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> that is a pretty crazy story. Like I, yeah, I knew the part about Russell a little bit, but like some of the other stuff, yeah, I just wasn't aware of. And that's, that's pretty crazy. Cause I bet some of the people listening right now, you know, have excuses or things that they're thinking about like, Oh, I can't do this because, but when they hear a story like that, it's like, you know, if, if you could do it, then it's like for sure other people that are probably not in as bad as situations as that can definitely get out of it. So I'm glad that, you know, you're good right now. And that's, pretty awesome that you know you're supporting those 13 families now um as far kind of transitioning into a little bit more of what you do kind of like the present um the thing that i noticed because I'm, I'm a marketer myself or kind of do similar things to what you're doing and i before i ask some of the following questions because it kind of goes into that but when I try to explain to business owners the difference between, you know, uh, advertising and marketing versus branding, you know what I mean? Because like marketing is usually like direct customers and branding is kind of long term. What do you mm -hmm. think would be the best way to explain to people uh, the difference between that and why they need to do both? You know what I mean? Or like what makes branding ultimately important? Well, branding is that gut feeling that people get when they interact with you and your business. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's how they feel after they part from you. Mm -hmm. And if you're, not, if you're not building that, then your marketing will fall flat. You know, marketing is simply flirting with your audience. Branding is what you stand for. Yeah. Branding is the true you, right? I always use this analogy. It's like uh, in the – I don't know if you're single or married or if the folks that are listening are single or married. But go back to your uh, – go back to the dating days. That's far – that's a long time ago for me. <laughs> but uh, go back to the dating days when you found that really hot girl or that hot guy that you wanted to always land that date with. And you finally land that date and you're out to dinner and you're sitting down and you're trying to have a conversation – and 
a rock has more of a personality than the person <laughs> that's getting a that's sitting across from you. Mm. You know, it's 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 the it's the hot girl or guy with zero personality or with a personality that's just so blah and turn offish. Like that's poor branding. Mm -hmm. right? That's just being pretty on the outside. If there's no substance, then you have nothing. And so I want your audience to understand that branding is that substance that your audience feels. Got it. Yeah. Cause yeah, when I try to explain to them, I explain it to them in a business way, but also a little bit, yeah, like a little bit of both where I'll say, yeah, similar to what you're saying, like the marketing is like the short term where like, you know, just kind of getting them in the door, getting them interested, like you call it flirting. And then branding is, is long term. Like, are you the go to brand or business for that particular problem that you solve? Like, you know, are you the, the person that, <laughs> that is the ultimate decider if they're going to, you know, have that problem solved or not? Um, or at least the best or like the highest quality business. But yeah, I completely agree with you that like the brand is kind of the, the aftertaste <laughs> of, uh, of your business, but cool. Um, so what, so basically what you're saying is what makes that important is because there's, I think it's because there's so much noise out there in the world and a lot of people that are just trying to look pretty that I feel like a lot of businesses don't seem to have that deeper substance and not a lot of stuff that people can connect with. And like the yeah. top, the top brands like right now, like, I mean, even if you look at like Amazon, like it seems like, you know, when people first kind of glance at it, it doesn't seem to have like a brand, but when you really look deeper, it's like, well, Amazon really brands themselves as we're all about customer experience or all about making the customer happy and things like that. And they do have a brand, but people just don't see it right away or they don't think of Amazon that way sometimes. But, um, what would make branding important for the small business owner or like a local business owner? What I say to these folks is this. You have to treat and, – and I I didn't make this up, but Gary Vaynerchuk, I got to give credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about in 2018, you have to treat your business as a media company. Yeah. And so you have to get out there and you have to think of creative commercials. You got to think of how can I, how can I engage my audience? How can I connect with my audience? What am I putting out there for them to grab a hold of and come in and, and for them to come into my business and behind the scenes activities that are showcased on social media is one of the biggest ways and most influential ways that you can get your local entity interested in what it is that you do in, in, because people want to know what you do. They want to know why you do it. They want to know you as a person, like, especially if you're selling a commodity, you know? So when you, when, when you're selling a commodity, what differentiates you from everybody else is your story, your experience, your expertise. And like you mentioned before, I think I want to, I want to put, shed some light onto this. One of the things that will really help you explode going forward, because as competition gets more um, deep, is really niching down and being selective, being being the go-to guy for X or the go-to gal for X. You know, I'm known for working with personal brands, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers. Um, folks that have a practice that they're trying to get to the next level like me. And I can service those folks with my eyes closed because I, it, it is like 
doing it all over again for someone else. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've done it. I made all the mistakes. Like I know what works. I know what doesn't work. Right. So, but niching down and focusing in on being that go-to person for wedding photography, mm-hmm. being the go-to person for chimney s- sweeping, yep. you know, uh, or plumbing or heating, like showcasing your expertise is going to build that expert positioning. That's going to say, duh, I have to use Henry when, if, when it comes to designing my, my personal brand, because look at his, that's what I want. Exactly. And yeah, like, like you said, because yeah, it, it's because the internet allows more competition, like and it, the barrier to entry is so low. It's like to really impact people nowadays who want to do business with you is a lot harder because it has to be this more long-term strategy where you're just constantly in front of them and reminding them of your business. And then after a while, they're just like, well, I guess this is the go-to person. Let me try them out. And then they do and they, they understand why you're the expert after you, yeah, like you said, give all that content or all that value up front. So very good. And then... Um, if you had an, uh, basically a simple strategy for either local businesses or also kind of like medium businesses, not quite corporate level because that's kind of a different game, but small and medium businesses, what's the best way? I mean, you sort of, you know, answered already, but what's the best way that they can leverage social media to go ahead and do exactly what you just said? There's a ton of ways. There's a ton of ways. One of the ways that works really, really well these days is, uh, focusing in on engaging your audience and there's a ton of ways you could do that and I can help and, and I'll give you some examples. So one of the things that, uh, I get a lot of, uh, questions on is how do I grow my Instagram? How do I grow my social media following? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I will tell you this cause I know my audience really well. Your, your audience wants to be talked with. They don't want to be yeah. talked at. Okay. They want to be engaged. People love to dialogue. They don't like monologue. I say the only place where monologue is okay is on late night television with Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. And, uh-huh. and, 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 you know, that's where you can monologue. But when it comes to connecting with your audience on social media, you have to engage them. So ask more questions, um, create content that brings them into the conversation. Uh, for example, uh, Apple just came out with the brand new, uh, you know, XS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a beautiful video was produced by Apple uh, recently promoting that phone. I found that video on Instagram. I posted it on my Instagram account and I asked my audience, so what do you think of this video? Did it make you go out and buy it? Or are you mad that it's the same old phone with a couple couple uh, tweaks here and there? And 80 comments, you know? <laughs> uh, like, yes, it did, or no, it's a piece of junk, and they're not innovating anymore. Like, you can see the emotions, like, screaming out of my audience. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what brings people together. Mm-hmm. Is is brand, so engaging your audience, I would say, would be your 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 strongest focus and for your for the biggest return. Yeah, and I yeah. I, I feel like they want to be a part of the business. Like when because everything is so like mission and impact driven nowadays with business, it's like people want to feel like they're a part of that. Like if you're 
you know, a business owner that has some type of ultimate goal in mind that's not just about money. Like you have to make your clients like or your uh, customers see that. And then because they're purchasing from you, they're automatically kind of a part of that. So I like what you're saying where like when you engage them, they get to feel like they actually almost are like an employee of your business, but they're are paying you at the same time. You know, they get to they get to help everybody out. So that's good. Listen, there's nothing there's nothing more rewarding. There's nothing that makes someone feel good about themselves or significant about themselves is trying reaching out to an influencer like myself mm-hmm. and actually getting a response. You know, there's so many people out there that grow these massive followings on Instagram or or social media. They let it get to their heads and now they think they're like better than everybody else. And that is the quickest way to kill your brand's reputation. And so, you know, when you, when, when I, when I, I make it a point and I know there will come a point where I won't be able to get back to everybody. But I'm, I carve out a, a, a little chunk of my day each day to respond. And you got to see the DMs that I get, you know, never thought you would respond. Thank you so much. Can I send you some product as a thank you? You know, my wife's like, what are these boxes? Called? <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was amazing. Like I, I, I don't know if you can see it behind me. I don't think you can, but uh, there was a girl on Instagram that sent me um, a wine container like a wine holder made out of wood and it was branded like you could tell it was like burnt in to the wood um it said glass always half full and she wrote this beautiful letter and it was inside the box and like i showed my wife i was like crying and that's the impact like that's that's what it's all about and and you know i told you about my story before you know, I feel like I've been put on this earth for a reason and not to get all woo woo or, or spiritual or religious on you, but you know, we're only here for X amount of time and I want to leave an impact. I want to leave something behind that will last way longer than me. And now that I have a one-year-old son, you know, that has changed my entire life and, and, and my purpose and all of that. And so, you know, I just want him to take everything that I have inside of me and, and do what, do good with it. Yeah. Good. Good. I like that. Very nice. Um, so the next thing that I, uh, I was wondering is because you deal with, you know, like coaches and consultants and people that have a personal brand, um, because like I, like I kind of said before is there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of people that are trying to do the same thing and they all look the same. How do you, you said how you differentiate yourself, but sometimes either business owners or people don't fully see it right away. So if you have some type of paid product or paid service, how do you make sure that the audience or your customers or anything understand that you're worth like that value? You know what I mean? Of, of you're, you're worth paying whatever that amount is because you're different. Yeah. So that's a great question. And when I, when I'm coaching my, my, my clients, um, and they're, they're, they're folks like you and there's, they're, they're, they're personal brands and they want to scale, mm-hmm. you know, there's two ways to scale. You can grow a massive team yeah, or, or you can raise your price. And so when I tell people it's, it's about raising your price, 
but delivering the value. You you also have to raise the value. Yeah. Okay. You're not just throwing out arbitrary numbers. You're increasing the value. And so what I like to do is, and I could I could I could share this with you is on a high level is when I'm speaking with clients for the first time, I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know the promises that they're making to their clients. I want to know what their passion is, what their mission is. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't help them deliver that to their clients, I am useless. So I will get in and I will start to understand the value that they create for their clients and what that's worth mm -hmm. to their clients, okay? Mm -hmm. And what I realize is one client might be worth 10 grand. One client might be worth $100, right? Uh, so what, what I like to do is I try to encourage my clients and inspire my clients to start charging more for their service because the impact that it has on their audience, they're blind to it. They don't believe it. They don't see it. Why? Because it's their own superpower that they've had since birth perhaps and they take it for granted. And when somebody like me comes along and is able to spot it, and see how valuable it really is and make you aware of that, now you start to become a hired gun, okay? And that's what happens. And so when people ask me, why should I pay you this? You know, I always turn around and say, well, is your business not worth that much? Mm -hmm. You know, and, 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 and then the other answer that I give is, you know, I have 11 years experience doing this. I didn't just start a couple of years ago or I just didn't read a book or do a watch a course two months ago. And now I'm out here trying to sell something. You know, I've I have fell down more than most, but I've gotten back up and I've I have ex succeeded. And so if you want that experience, we deliver the best. If you want the best, go for it. Let's let's get going or. Go with a cheaper firm. I, I'm telling you right now, you know, and I always start the conversation out. I am probably going to be the most expensive option that you find. So I'm letting you know now if you're looking for discount, if you're looking for quick, you know, I'm, that's not me. And so I just – I try to just eliminate all the objections up front mm -hmm. and, you know, if they're still talking to me, it means they're interested. Got it. That's good. I like that. Just putting the value right up front and not like it just super clear because I feel like a lot of people try to hide it a lot or they try to kind of find some sneaky way around it. It's like there is no way around it. They either want to do it or they don't like they'll make the decision and then kind of like, you know, you brought up, <clears throat> excuse me, Gary Vaynerchuk before his, I think, view of it is like, you know, not you don't want to be like petty and be like their loss, but you'll ultimately see if their business succeeds down the road. Like, it, you know, it's kind of a, we'll see what happens if you don't use our services and, you know, like, you kind of out of my control at that point. So that's kind of like the view that you're, that you're going with and I like that because I do the same thing myself. Um, and so you brought up like understanding your value to the actual customer and when you, um, how, how do you kind of break that down? Because there's so much that goes into like what the customers wants, their needs, uh, the problems that they're having and like the basically the 
I guess the journey that they're on, like how would you go ahead and understand a little bit more about the customer so you know how to um, create the right brand behind your business? Yeah. So I have sort of a qualifier that I I have uh, anybody who wants to work with me go through prior to working with me. It's called the branding breakthrough, and it's about a sixty minute call, and it's not it's it's it it costs money. It's not free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I walk them through a series of very very strategic questions, and it uncovers a tremendous amount of data for me. Uh, it brings, I call it the branding breakthrough is because every time I bring somebody through that call, uh, they say to me, Oh my God, the clarity and focus is here. Wow. Thank you. How do we take this to the next level? And so when I go through those calls, they are blown away and I really get a good sense of whether or not that client's going to be a good fit. And I really start to understand where their true challenges are because 99.9% of the clients that come through that come self-diagnosed. I need a new website. Well, why do you need a new website? Well, because my brother-in-law said it's ugly. Well, okay. Well, what about <laughs> your, what about your clients? Have has any of your clients ever said that it was ugly? Well, no. So, so why do you think changing your website is going to bring, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're, I want to get down to the bottom of it. And, and nine times out of 10, it's a branding issue. There is a market, there is a message to market mismatch. They're not positioned correctly. They're falling on deaf ears and they just lack the knowledge. They just, and it's nobody's fault. They just don't know what they don't know. And when I come in and see things from a 30,000 foot view and give them a completely different outside perspective, yeah. they're, they're like, whoa, you know, because we all have blind spots in our business. And that's why I hire a mentor once a month and I meet with him for 60 minutes and he's not cheap, but it is part of, part of doing business. We meet 60 and he – Every time I hire this guy, it's a 5X return. And so that's why he's been on my payroll for nine months is because he gives me that outside perspective that I don't see. And when you're able to button up those leaks, it's like throwing a gasoline tank on a a raging fire. Exactly. Like just to give a personal experience of literally that happened like yesterday, I was talking with one of my clients and they're a lawyer. And when I went through, like I just did some quick research on them before the call or like the little strategy call. And what I found was it was close to impossible to try and find their business online. Like the correct phone number, the correct address, even their name was messed up. Their, they didn't have a logo. They didn't even really have like any, like anything. Like it was just completely – and their whole entire business was based off of referrals, which is okay. But, you know, like eventually – It's not sustainable. You, exactly. You can't just have like one leg. So I told them and I just like pulled it up on my screen and I was like when I type in your name – you are nowhere to be found. And he has like a pretty semi-unique name. So I'm like, it's not like John Smith, you know what I mean? So I was like, uh, we need to do something about this. So we're, we're looking into, you know, exactly what he wants to go forward with, but that, that's exactly what you just said. <laughs> um, now, when you're building your brand, um, there's a couple things that, like you just said, you kind of need to ask yourself of like, you know, what value do they bring you to the marketplace? What makes you an expert and all these things? But what are, uh, 
what are the top questions that a person wanting to build a brand should ask themselves to at least do the, the preparation and the foundation yeah. work before going to someone like you or me? Yeah. So here's the question. Here's the four that I, that I, I, I challenge them with every time. So one is who are you? Who are you? And I always, I, and I got this from, from, um, Marty Neumeier. He, the best way to, to find out who you really are is to sit down and write your own obituary, hmm. write your own, write your own obituary. Interesting. And so who are you? What business are you really in? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I sat down and I realized I'm not really in the design and branding business anymore, I'm in the risk mitigation business. Because people come to me and say, I know you got the experience, and I know you can get this done quickly. What's it going to cost? Okay? So risk mitigation. They don't want to go to those funnel experts and and come to find out that after six months, they still don't have a funnel. It doesn't work. They're 18 grand deep, and they have nothing to show for it, right? Nah. I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody came to me and told me that story, right? So what business are you really in? So risk mitigation and confidence building. When I can create confidence within my client, so they look in the mirror every day and realize how badass they really are, that increases their sales, it increases their engagement on social media, It, it, it elevates their entire business and their entire life. So I'm in the confidence building business and I'm in the risk mitigation business. So what business are you really in? You're not mm-hmm. just selling widgets, yeah. okay? Uh, the next different, the next question is, what makes you so special? What is your point of differentiation? Why should I hire you and not XYZ? And that is a question that stumps everybody. If you don't have that question nailed to the wall every time, you got work to do from a branding perspective, okay? So definitely, definitely uh, those three questions um, are, are, are crucial when it comes to establishing and starting your brand. Got it. Got it. That's good. Yeah, I, I kind of go through the same thing when I'm when I'm going through like the initial call with some of my uh, clients. I'll ask them similar questions, but kind of in a different way. And then sometimes they don't know. Like when when I ask them, like you know, what makes you different than some of the other people in in your city or in your industry? Uh, they kind of just go from a perspective of, well, I have my share of the market. That's pretty much it. But like, as far as differentiating from other services, sometimes they can't really figure that out. And then I have to sit down with them and, you know, how fast do you solve their problem? Um, you know, all these different things. And then they finally figure it out for themselves, (laughs) but I had to kind of like push them to get there. So some of them don't know, but they are different somehow. Um, so it's good that you kind of walk them through that process. Now, it's kind of a question for myself, uh, funny enough. Um, the risk mitigation business, because like that is something that I kind of want to hear a little bit more about. How do sure. you how do you go about that? Because yeah, obviously someone's trying to get return on investment. They want to make sure it's pretty much a guarantee. Um, but it's, yeah. it's I mean, you can provide guarantees in in our business, but you don't you don't want to just in case something happens. You know what I mean? Like that that's unforeseen. So how do you go about just that risk mitigation part? 
Okay, well, first and foremost, let me address the guarantee situation. So I don't guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's too many variables yeah. uh, at, at at stake when it comes to this stuff, right? So, but the one thing I I shouldn't say I don't guarantee everything. I don't guarantee like big projects. Why? Because I don't know how it will be marketed. I don't know what will happen after I develop everything, right? Yeah. Um, so, but I do guarantee professionalism. I do guarantee customer satisfaction. Uh, I do guarantee that stuff. And I, and I, my, my promise, I don't call them agreements. I mean, I don't call my contracts contracts. I call them promise agreements and I put it all in writing. This is what I promise to deliver. And if I, if I fall short on any of those promises, we will have a professional conversation about it and I will make sure that we make good. Okay. So those are the guarantees that you want to guarantee risk mitigation. You know, when you are mitigating risk, okay, you have to discount for uncertainty. That's how I develop my price, okay? So if somebody says to me, my clients, I wanna make $100,000 this year, great. What percentage of investment do you wanna put towards that 100K for you to, get there. Okay. I always say if I, if you could take out an insurance policy to get you that hundred K, how much percentage would you invest in it? Yeah. Right. And I get, I get, I get great numbers, 10%, 20%, 30%. And this is great because they're telling me their price now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the folks that say 30%, they're, they're willing to invest 30 grand to make a hundred. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you do that deal? Yeah. I would. Yeah. So, so I let them, so what I, what I typically do is I say, listen, we're not in business to break even. So if you want a guarantee on $100,000 this year, I'm going to have to charge you pretty damn close to $100,000 <laughs> to get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, what I, but what I will do is I will discount for uncertainty. So what, are, what, what, what does that look like? And so... Typically, it's a 10%. People like to – that. that's a nice round number, and it's easy to do the math. You know, uh, Are you willing to uh, invest 10% of that mm-hmm. to, to see this goal reach its destiny? And they say, yeah. And I say, well, then that, it, that would be uh, a fair enough investment for me to take this project on. Mm-hmm. So we're looking mm-hmm. at a $10,000 investment. And I'm going to help you get to that $100,000. So I will help you mitigate that risk of trying to do all this on your own uh, for a 10%, uh, you know, stake. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. That's actually a pretty good pricing strategy. I like that. I try to ask, uh, yeah, a little bit more about just, yeah, similar question of, yeah, how much are you willing to go ahead and put towards the the budget of like trying to get more clients or get more business? And then they just let me know kind of like what they're, um, what they're willing to do. Um, if so, okay. If a person is an expert in whatever they're doing, but as far as online concern is concerned, nobody knows it yet. <laughs> um, how do they go ahead and market themselves as an expert or build the credibility and authority uh, relatively quickly? Because if you are an expert, you know, truly, like honestly, you do want to make sure that you do it as quick as possible just so that 
you know, when you go to clients, you can actually prove that you're an expert, right? So, That's it. so yeah, because people always ask, like, how can I go ahead and do that quick? So what would be your response to that? So case studies first and foremost, showcasing your expertise. I always say people, you know, back in college, I grew up in a, I'm sorry, not college, but high school. Uh, You know, I was blessed to go to a very multicultural high school and I was one of 50 white kids in my whole school. And we used to play around with uh, each other. And we used to, we used to, we called it hack. So we would hack on each other. Right. And anytime somebody would say some BS statement or whatever, our, our response would be show and prove, show and prove. And so that, 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 that phrase always stuck with me. So if you go to my Instagram account right now at the brand DR and you read some of my, watched some of my content and, and digested it, you'll see me working with clients. You'll see me providing value that you can use today to actually get ahead and, and, and solve some of your problems. You will get the substance that an expert is willing to deliver. See, experts aren't scarcity minded. Experts aren't afraid of competition. They're not afraid of giving it all away because they know one, 99% of them won't do it. And two, they have an abundance mindset. I know that there's four other people behind the one that just said no, that are going to say yes. And what I would recommend, which I had to learn the hard way is for those folks that are running on really small margins, I challenge you and I invite you to raise your price. Why? Because your margins move your mission. And I heard that from Tony Robbins and that will stick with me forever. And if you don't have a cushion and you're working on razor thin margins, you will feel like you have to take every job or every prospect that comes your way. And that is the worst positioning from a branding standpoint that you can ever put yourself in. And so you want to have they people I've heard people call it F you money. I've heard people call it keep your lights on money, whatever you want to call it, call it. I like the F you one. It has a little bit more impact, (laughs) you know? And so now, you know, when I look at my bank account, the next job that doesn't happen or they're trying to nickel and dime me, I don't think we're a good fit guys, you know, good luck. And I'm out. I don't got time for that. You know, I want clients that are willing, ready, and able to invest. They understand the value that I'm providing. They know that they need to spend money to make money. They know that they're busy doing other things that they're really good at, and they know that they don't know everything and that they're hiring me for my expertise. Those are the folks that get the best results because why? They trust who they hire and they hire who they trust. And those guys win all day long after they graduate my program. Yeah, I feel like the people that succeed the most in this type of stuff, like winners always seek help, but they don't do it from a weak place. They just know that they're not specialized in that. Like if they're a realtor, they're good at selling houses. They might not be good at Facebook ads or, you know, whatever else. And they're willing to admit that. And they're not trying to be an expert in everything, which allows them more mental clarity and mental RAM to go ahead and do what they do best. So 
I like that too. Um, with, let's see here. Um, so you talk about sometimes that you have a couple marketing strategies that will convert uh, direct people that follow you on Instagram and follow you on Facebook or YouTube or anything like that into clients. Um, now, I'm guessing it's most likely after they've seen some of your content for a while and maybe seen some case studies or testimonials, but because people, you know, business owners always want to know return on investment, right? So like if I have this many followers or whatever that are quality, how do I convert them to cash? So what's your answer to that? Well, you have to nurture the relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to, if you want a $50,000 deal to go down, you better have a $50,000 relationship established. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. And so it all starts with relationships. I was, I was, uh, I had a podcast guest on my show. Uh, his clients are Phil Sims, Howie Long, Boomer Esiason. Um, and he, um, told me a great story about how, you know, when he was starting his firm, you know, he couldn't make payroll, you know, and when he, there was times where he couldn't make payroll. And if he hadn't established the relationships with his clients that he did, he wouldn't have been able to ask for them to give them an advance, right? Mm -hmm. They, he wouldn't have that leverage. He wouldn't have that ability. And so I always say that if you want, you know, focus on the relationship first and the business second, and it sounds sort of counterintuitive, but man, let me tell you, it goes a long way. So, you know, if you want to, if you want a bulletproof marketing, uh, strategy, it's, uh, be a giver, not a taker. Mm -hmm. Got it. Cool. Yeah, no, like I think that that's where content marketing and pretty much just marketing in general is in 2018 and 2019 and so on is because there's so much content, so much noise and everything like that. People are looking for the people that are willing to give first because that's, that's the differentiator that a lot of people can't like they can't see that if they give a little bit first, then they're allowed to take some later. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. too many, too many business owners or too many, uh, just people in general are trying to take first and it's like, well, would you respond to that sort of strategy? Probably not. So it's like, what would you respond to if you're a person that knows nothing? You know, I just keep using the realtors example, but if you're a first time home buyer, uh, you'd probably want to watch a video about 10 things to look for when you're buying a home and then have a guy at the end tell you, Hey, I can help you with this rather than do you want to buy a house from me or whatever? It's like, you know, it's just, there's not enough, like you said, nurturing of the relationship there. Um, another kind of random question that popped in my head from a little bit earlier, uh, for the ClickFunnels branding, cause they do have a very distinct branding. Like it, it's very clear kind of what, uh, their aesthetic looks like and everything. Um, do you, uh, you've worked on with, or you've worked on their stuff a lot, but do you recall what particular parts of their brand you worked on or was it like the majority of it or? What was, what was so your... it was so it was their it was their messaging and their identity. Okay. What was happening was Russell was hiring six different designers, and and they were coming back with six different identities. Oh. And so there needed to be a wrangle on all of that. And so we worked on their identity system to make everything consistent across the board. And so when you went to a blog, when you went to an ad, when you went to you know, um, the, 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 the sites, right. There was a consistency there, okay. you know, and, okay. and that's what brought it all together because that's really easy to do with somebody of that 
status and that 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 level is to hire a whole bunch of different people to do a whole bunch of different things just to get it done, but it's done wrong. Mm-hmm. And what is that costing you in revenue and opportunity in the long run? Got it. Cool. Okay. So there was, yeah, there was just way too much going on. Not like a clear, <laughs> clear thing. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and then another kind of random question that I think will be like the, the final question for here is, you know, your, your name is Henry, but you go by the brand doctor. Where did you get that name from? And, um, you know, kind of what's the story behind that? So uh, this is such a unique story. And so uh, I was in one of Frank Kern's masterminds a long time ago, and um, I met somebody in a Facebook group, and this guy really knew his stuff when it came to branding. He was in the vape industry, mm-hmm. and he took a business in one year from zero to one billion with a B. He was featured in Rolling Stone magazine. He was a big, big name in the industry. And it was funny. I never met the guy face to face. I never met the guy in person. And he took a liking to me on social media. He would reach out to me every day on a PM and he would say, I love that video you came out with. Why don't you try this? He would write these long dissertations and he would, he, he and this was right, this was before my podcast came out. And he was like, dude, you are such a killer expert in this stuff. You don't even know it. So he was sort of like my, so I called him the mystery mentor. I just want to get that out. Mm-hmm. So I called him the mystery mentor and he was the one that said, you're the doctor, dude. The way you work with your clients is like how doctors work with their patients. You diagnose, you prescribe, you apply, and then you reapply as needed. He said, you're the doctor, dude. You're the brand doctor. And boom, that was it. (laughs) That's cool, man. I like that. That's awesome. That was it. You That's should it. get a, you know, it'd be funny if you got like, like a whole like doctor attire and you just wore that in every video from now on. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. So it's funny. I'm actually, um, I, I, I actually pulled the trigger on a digital billboard massive campaign over the next, uh, 90 days mm-hmm. in a very affluent section of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is going, we're going to have so much fun with it because I see so many people using digital advertising wrong. They're trying to put a full page ad on a billboard or on a, you know, uh, a digital sign and nobody's reading it. It's a cluster, you know what, right? Mm -hmm. And I've got, I have such a cool way of coming to the digital scene. I'm just hoping people don't swerve off the road and crash (laughs) because it's, it's being so savvy in the marketing space and in the branding space and being able to leverage these digital billboards because they're cheap now because they're, 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 they're so – the supply is there right now. So being able to leverage digital advertising in the next 90 days the way I'm going to do it is going to be crazy. So I'm super excited to see how the audience reacts. 
So nice. Okay, so a little little mystery there. <laughs> um, I like that. And then you're gonna have to put up a thing on Instagram of your first your first billboard that you got. And uh, hopefully it's not a video with a bunch of like cars swerving off the road in the background. But I'm like, what I'm imagining is just like not the billboard, but just like a separate ad that would almost be like a parody where like you're you're like the brand doctor, but like it's almost like cheesy on purpose. Like it's just like this whole thing. It would be super funny. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, I already have. I'll give you one ad. So the one ad is actually going to say, who wears it better, me or Pitbull? Oh, (laughs) I see it. I see it. That's funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, man. And then, yeah, you got to make sure that you have uh, like the – like the text box and it's got to say like Dale or like Mr. Worldwide or something (laughs) something like that. That's going to be great, man. I like that. Yeah, it's going to – I haven't yeah. found a lot of uh, like online entrepreneurs kind of go into because I, I, you know, completely uh, escapes my mind sometimes that there are like billboards that you can that are digital, like where you can like change what's on them and you can have multiple yeah. people on one billboard now. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I haven't seen yeah. a lot of entrepreneur, uh, online entrepreneurs doing that. So that's going to be different. I like it. Um, but yeah, so we got through a ton of information. Uh, I appreciate you giving tons of value on here. Um, I just wanted to ask because, you know, we're wrapping up. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on or just, you know, talk about or any last words for the audience basically? Sure. So if anybody's interested in the branding breakthrough, they could go to my website, uniquedesignswithaz.net mm-hmm. and uh, book a branding breakthrough session with me. Um, and just remember, guys, at the end of the day, you got to remember a couple things. And I and I wear this bracelet. I know the podcasters can't see it, but maybe the video people will. I, I, I got this bracelet from a friend of mine about three years ago, and I never took it off since. And it says, remember why you started. And so the biggest thing that I I would encourage you guys to all do growing your business in 2018 and beyond is to remember why you started and remember why you created this brand and this business in the first place. And I challenge you and I invite you to share that message with your audience. That will be the glue and that will be the magnetic uh, attraction and will bring everybody to you and to your business. So I encourage you guys to do that. Got it. And then one thing I do want to touch on on that, just like in, a, in addition to, is when you do craft your message, make sure it's not all about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's got to be, a, it's got, it can't just be, well, I wanted to start this business to make money. Like it can't be something like that. Uh, I mean, it could have, that could be like an element. Like I wanted to make money to help my family or to do something, but yeah, I want to make sure people focus on the vision or the impact or kind of like the bigger picture of things that anybody can connect to other than just, you know, money. Um, so I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, Henry, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, like, like I, or like he said, go ahead and check out his website, all the social media. He puts out lots of content that is very valuable and very helpful on the daily, especially on Instagram. Um, I haven't checked out your YouTube yet, but I definitely will. And then, uh, yeah, just daily posts, it almost seems like, of just branding tactics, branding tips or materials or, you know, different things that you can do to improve uh, for free. So definitely check out Henry. Uh, If you guys want to, you know, check out the links below. I think I'll have something there if you're watching on YouTube or, you know, all that type of stuff. But, yeah, like I said, Henry, I really appreciate you coming on. And then, um, yeah, if there's nothing else to hit on, then we are pretty much good to go. And appreciate all the listeners listening as well. Hope you guys got a lot of value out of this. 
And other than that, I think me and Henry are done with this awesome conversation that we had. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eric, for having me and, and reaching out and uh, bringing me on board. No problem, man. And then, yeah, when this video is done, I'll go ahead and send everything over to you so you guys can check it out on his channel as well. The cool part about his channel is he's going to have probably a lot more fancy graphics than I will. <laughs> Lots of cool transitions and his production team is going to go cool stuff. Um, me, probably just going to keep it pretty simple because I like to focus on the content stuff. But um, yeah, so definitely check out his channel and everything. But other than that, Henry, I will talk to you later. And um, hopefully everything goes well for the rest of the year and you have a great 2018. Likewise, my friend. Thank you. No problem. See ya.